shit, it is 2019 and we are not dead yet. It's 2019 and I could die tomorrow. <laughs> Starting yeah. off great, yeah. It's it's great. Unemplo- unemployed as hell and ready for... I don't know what. Ready for I, a swell time? I, I'm trying to make a rhyme. Sure, sure. Also, I, when I say I'm gonna, I might die tomorrow. That's not. That's not. That's not me breaking any news. I, it's just statistically, it could happen. Well, yeah, you're driving a lot more, and, and like people die, die more in car crashes compared exactly, to exactly, exactly. You know, and, and yeah. I could just show up at someone's door, and then they could just like shoot me or take me prisoner or something. So, I mean, as long as I make it quick, I'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just don't want to be. I just don't drag. Come on, like you're already. I already know how this is going to end. You may as well just fucking put it between my eyes. I mean, if you're treated like a prisoner, at least you'll be fed, housed, all for fed. nothing. That you know? is very generous mm-hmm. and fed. No, I they're going to rip pieces of my flesh off and feed me to their dogs, I assume. Um, this is, I've played out scenarios in my you, head. You, you got to find the uh, kinky 50-year-old cat ladies. Look, yeah. as long as, like I said, as long as they put a bullet in my head right from the get-go, I'm fine. All right. Look, I'm going into 2019 buck wild, if you couldn't tell. So, uh, 2019, the uh, year of, year of, I believe it's the Chinese New Year, the year of the bucks. Uh, do they have bucks in China? Don't at me. I don't know. They don't have the year in China, do they? I don't think so. <laughs> That's nowhere. We look it up. Uh, like, is China? that a question that really we really need that answer for? Uh, no. I don't know. I'm just I'm, I now I feel like I need to just look it up just to, for my own curiosity. I it's put gonna in, bug you all night. I put in cheese deer, not Chinese deer, and <laughs> you're the pig. Yeah, it makes sense. You know. Oh, I now look. There are deer in China. The Chinese water deer is a small deer, superficially more similar to a musk deer than a true deer. Don't know what a musk deer is. But they have, they have, oh my god, they have fucking fangs. They have giant overbite fangs. Oh, man, that's, that's awesome. That's horrifying. Okay. No, they have, like, I, I swear to god, the most cartoonish vampire fangs hanging out. I can't <laughs> believe this is real. <laughs> they look like shitty alpacas mixed with deer. With, like, tiny little, oh, I've made quite That's some discovery. theater of the mind shit right there. Ex- See, if you put that mouth up in somebody's wall, you'd freak people out. You thought they had an alien. <laughs> Some kind of fucking space deer with the, the the fucking Turians make for their pelts. Oh man, bring those bring bring those fuckers here. Have the hunters go out of them. Like no one's gonna want to fucking hunt those down. <laughs> for no, no, you're gonna get a whiff of them and just they're, they're gonna fucking gore mm-hmm. you with their horns, man. It's it's pretty yeah. scary. You know, like Warcraft orcs, they're like underbite teeth or whatever. Like that's kind of what they're rocking. So fuck. I know you like the orcs, Robert. I believe that you're on record as liking orcs. I. Mm. I, in a in a intimate kind of fashion. If I had to choose between three, no, among three fantasy races, three fantasy races. Yes. Okay. Uh, what was yeah. it? Orc, elf, or dwarf? Yeah. I think that was yeah. it. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, exactly it's fine. It, yeah. Just, uh, be sure to call him like Garrosh Senpai mm-hmm. or or uh, Kroxar Sama. You know, they you got to respect their heritage. <laughs> the, the the horde heritage. That is a reference I get. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm so into fantasy. Look, I'm just saying, Sarah's going to relay this to you later, and you're going to be fine. Yeah, that's great. It's great. It's <laughs> great. I'm, I'm going to be like Sansa Stark and, and say, like, really? I have to marry him? A dwarf? Ah, it's gross. I podcast and I know things. Mm. It's coming back in April. Oh, it is April. Yeah. See, I knew it. I knew no, it. They, they put out like like a couple of seconds of footage of, of, of uh, Sansa like begrudgingly giving uh, Winterfell to um, 
Daenerys. Yeah, but that was like a that was like in a HBO montage splash, right? Wasn't exactly. It? Yeah, but for like so a, a one minute montage, like, hey, check out all of our shows: Watchmen, True Detective, Game of Thrones, and some other shows that we kind of don't. Ballers. Get. I don't it's fucking know. Like, Barry. <laughs> Ray Donovan. Ray, oh, wait, Ray Donovan's Showtime. Nope. How could I How could I do that to Showtime? Ray Donovan's Showtime, yeah. How and could I? Hopefully it should be ending. It's 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 a bad show. It's a trashy show. It's a trash and show. And Barry is a bad show. It's a trash show, but you also made a compilation of like the old man, old uh, dad. Okay, look, look, look. Mickey Donovan is, is, a, John Voight. is a character. No, <laughs> character. I said character. John Voight is the person who plays him. That's right. But John Voight's. If you want to see like fucking hammy ass like dude who who's just like enjoying the shit out of a role, watch Ray Donovan for him because he, he's just like off the walls like watching porn in in a library. Hey kid, you want to watch just, porn? I I don't know. I I remember your clip, clip uh, compilation. I'm like this is pretty fucking funny, but this makes me not want to watch it, the show at all. This makes me just want to. Uh, makes me want you to make another clip video. <laughs> Make me watch like the next like three to four seasons just just for exactly, that shit. Exactly, exactly. Like, mm, I hope. See, I hope shows like Ballers have some ancillary character that's that funny. But I guarantee you, it's not. I, I want. <laughs> I don't know what that show's about. I assume it's just a giant vanity project from The Rock. But that's like most of what he does now is giant vanity it's, projects. Uh, it's 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 kind of like it's trying to be like entourage, like broy shit, but like actually kind of have have like a point. Like not be as as dude broy, I guess. Oh God, no! Like it has some plot points. It's really just following these made-up um, sports players and trying to like handle their shit. Like, like it's funny that you brought up uh, Ray Donovan in Ballers because they're kind of like in the similar vein, mm-hmm. where they're trying to pr- pr- they're trying to like protect these like high-profile people fr- from themselves and their own vices, and just tr- just trying to hide like the shit from the press and the public. Gotcha, gotcha. So I have a that's I've, that's like I've part a of the issue that yeah. I've been saving for HBO. Actually, I've written a, written a pilot. Uh, it's called oh, no. E Ballers, <laughs> and it's actually just ballers, but for esports. And that is more topical than ever, and more ripe with drama and dumb bullshit than ever before. So it it could. Oh, it could Jesus! Fit. I I just I just want to see the the, the, the the rock just 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 like bring a dude over and and just tell him it's like you need to stop saying the n word. <laughs> Oh, that would be great! Just <laughs> the rocks, just sitting, sitting him down, and just like screaming in his face, like you cannot say this. That's all you have to do, and you'll make all the money. Just shut up. <laughs> just play the fucking game. And then he just like throws the keyboard on it in front of his face. I just want to see the rock in a giant fucking Overwatch League jersey. I don't care what team. Fuck it, Florida Gators. <laughs> I assume that's the next Overwatch team. They're making. They're, there's a season two coming, so more teams. That's a college football. Yeah, but they could do Gators. Shit, but that could still be Gators. That's what Florida's known for. I'm sure you can have a college team, f- like a, an esports team. Florida like Crocodiles. Le- League of Legends has it. Sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The Florida Gila Monsters. I don't know. Get back to your basement, nerd. I, I mean, it's better than names like oh, Houston Dynasty. Yeah, real fucking abstract. Shanghai. That's uh, yeah, that's bad. Shanghai. I don't even know what. Shanghai Always is. go animals. It, it, I don't know. Yeah, animals are just easy. Like and it's so easy. And New York Excelsior. Like, shut up, you nerd. I want to shove your fucking head in the locker. <laughs> New York Excelsior. Did you know that Dragon Ball was originally inspired by Dragon Ball? Ew. Sorry, I got paid to write these words. Uh, oh, is that why like two of the characters are sexual deviants? Huh. Uh, you know, you gotta 
Yeah. Well, just comic relief, you know? He's just the... the Journey to the West, the Pigman was a horny guy. So let's check out. If you played oh, in I Slave, even the Pigman in that was horny. Okay, so three. No. Just, just, just like everyone who lives in Kami House. Look, you got Roshi like and deviant. Oolong. Who else is the it was, who else is a sexual deviant? Hmm. I think it's just Roshi. It, Deadpool could be considered a sexual deviant. I mean, depending on the writer, you know. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, the, it, it, there's a difference between like being a sexual deviant and always being horny on main. I mean, Master Roshi is proudly horny on main, but he also like just grabbed Android 18's boobs like in front of Marin, her daughter. I mean, you know, it was, it, the plane was shaking. You know, they had to grab onto something firm. Are you, are, I, you, are, you, are you trying to like milkshake duck yourself? Uh, here? <laughs> Just stifle my career before it starts. I, I in defense of Mutan <laughs> Roshi. No, no, no. Ugh. Look, I, I'm only I'm only humoring it because 18 could probably destroy the entire planet by just like sneezing, you know. So, well, me, anything Roshi time, gets, you they're know, human. He's, he's he's doomed from the start if he barks up that tree. <laughs> a serious, seriously, Doctor Zero makes these robots that are stronger than Frieza at his peak. And Frieza, you know, 50 times weaker than at his peak, was able to destroy a planet ever. Ugh. The power scaling of Dragon Ball doesn't make any sense. Ugh. I can't, it's it, dumb. It, it doesn't compute. Ugh. Look, I'm just, I'm just saying, when, when Nappa... Horiyama sucks. When Nappa just raises his hand, just raises his arm and fucking turns a city into a glass floor, everything's Fuck the up there. Everything's ah. up there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a staunch conservative! <laughs> <laughs> It is awful. I'm just saying, okay. Napa's the true libertarian. Napa has books by Jordan <laughs> Peterson. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all I'm saying, he, has, he, has, he had many Jordan Peterson audiobooks on his way to planet Earth. <laughs> and Vegeta just had to deal with it. He's like, I don't agree with your philosophy, man, but I'm gonna fucking... Fucking Napa! I'm gonna fucking kill you anyway. It doesn't matter. <laughs> no, Napa, I don't need to clean my pod. Dragon Ball no. is very stupid, and I love it. <laughs> my mother's dead. Anyway, uh, you know what my dad's name is? Mine. <laughs> you know what my planet's name was? Me. Also mine. <laughs> oh boy! You know, I, I, there was a very prominent Dragon Ball video game that came out this time a year ago. If we want to start talking about why we're actually here, oh, our top fourteen list. Our top, I think it's sixteen. It's not a top anything list. We just have games we wanted to talk about from last year because it's the, pretty much yeah. It's, you know, 2019, so obviously we should talk about 2018 games. Kind of look back. I mean, we can, but, you know, it's, it's, we've, been go we've got backlogs. We've been doing other stuff, but, uh, yeah. So that, I, will, yeah. I will take a floor and talk about Dragon Ball Fighters, which... Uh, okay, all right. Oh, sure. I, it, it's hard for me to even begin to describe, like, that how much I've wanted a Dragon Ball game that is exactly this, where it's just, like, a hardcore fighting game... Um, but with kind of the Dragon Ball fan service on top, uh, fan service on top, um, and they did an incredible job. You know, with, with uh, Arc System Works, they had the Guilty Gear engine uh, that they they built, you know, years ago for the Xrd series, and they translated that to Dragon Ball fantastically to the point where I think it looks better than the show. Translating translating anime to a like e even movies is tough, but like games or 
like any other adaptations, it's really hard to nail the style. But Dragon Ball Fighters is it, it looks like what you remember Dragon Ball Z looking like. You know, like hyper stylized, hyper sharp, just a lot of different visual effects here, there, and everywhere when the actual show wasn't quite like that, but they captured the visual style so well and took inspiration directly from like the show and the manga. You know, like they, they ripped and they did it like frame by frame, not even kidding, like panel by panel, emulating these classic Dragon Ball scenes and moments and moves. Like it's it is fantastic on just every it, level. It did the feed of like you could not imagine like going into 2018 thinking like, okay, there's just going to be like this Dragon Ball fighting game that's going to out Marvel versus Capcom. Yeah, just yeah. That, that, so that, 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 that it's game. been such a long it's been oh such a God. long time. Uh, you know, Marvel's Capcom Infinite came out like 14 months ago, 15 months ago. It feels like that game came out like five years ago, and it's just a distant memory at this point. Like, I did not hate Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. I did not hate it. I think it was a very fun playing game. I think it was a fine game that just had a pretty rough, rough, um, discourse from the get-go. And it had a bad roster and a kind of a bad art style. It was okay. It's a game that should not have existed. It was an okay, like, I feel like they just wanted to tie it more to the MCU stuff and have it be more contemporary, but as a result, it kind of lost the soul of Marvel. And that soul of Marvel was kind of transferred into Dragon Ball Fighters. And Dragon Ball Fighters did a really good job of being this kind of equalizer for a lot of different scenes. You know, there were prominent Smash mm-hmm. Brothers players being really good Dragon Ball Fighters players. There were Street Fighter people, Marvel's Capcom people, other anime fighter people. Like, it, it kind of was this unifier for a, a, a good while. I think a little bit's petering off nowadays because there's some weird legal litigation with one of Dragon Ball uh, properties owners in terms of just like having this thing be, you know, like a t- tournaments for money and stuff like that. It's it's strange. It's things are very quiet on the Dragon Ball Fighters front. My guess is they're gonna try and push out a new game and and you know just have that be the new standard. That's what a lot of Arc System Works games do is just iterate on what they have and have like a uh, super Dragon Ball Fighters. I don't know. Kind of like the Capcom model of Street Fighter before Street Fighter Five. Yeah, but I mean, I don't even know. It, like, it could be even older, old school than that, where you'll have to just buy it and not and like this because they did that with Guilty mm. Gear Xrd to Revelator. But when they did Revelator Two, you could just you know buy Revelator Two as DLC. My guess is they'll let you do that for Dragon Ball Fighters, but I I have no way of knowing that. And Arc System Works right now is working on a Grand Blue game. Grand Blue is uh, based off some mobile game stuff I don't really know too much about. People are kind of excited, but I know nothing about it. So, but yeah, like it it's hard for me to even have a critique of Dragon Ball Fighters. A lot of it is. You know, I've played the game so long that there's these nitpicks I have about some of the overall systems, but like it's very beginner friendly. It's very you're able to set up these. You're able to look cool and do cool shit by pressing just one button over and over, and that doesn't dominate the game's competitive nature. You know, you don't have to do these auto combos because they're a little weaker than regular combos. But if people who aren't super into it and don't want to fucking like learn, you know, twelve character strings of combos, like can just dick around and see all these flashy moves and like. You know, that's that's kind of what a, a lot of the appeal of Dragon Ball has been over the years is like these flashy fights and these cool looking set pieces and whatnot. And like this game better. This game is easily the best Dragon Ball game of all time. Like there's no competition, you know, like th- there have been other like back in the 90s. They tried to make some Dragon Ball games that were more akin to like your Street Fighter 2s, but they never really came together. This like it's my favorite fighting game of the year. Kind of Smash Brothers, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> 
That uh, doesn't count. On a Friday game. Uh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> Dragon Ball Fighters is my favorite traditional fighter of the year by far. Probably one of my favorites of the last decade. I think everything came together really well and definitely does encompass that spirit of Marvel vs. Capcom. And, you know, I probably didn't talk about it too much in this show because, like, we were either, like, on a break or something or I wasn't around too much. But I was big into those Marvel vs. Capcom 3 games. Um, those games are near and dear to my heart. And for this game to kind of pass that torch or get, be given that torch by Marvel 3, you know, it's it's very... Very awesome to see. And I, I really, really hope they don't screw the pooch on this one on a high-end, muckety-muck Japanese executive level, where it's like, just let the people fucking have fun in their game. If you want to take a bigger cut of the pool, a prize pool, fucking do that. It, like, this is just free advertising for your game. Dragon Ball Fighters the, had the most entrance at EVO last year. It had the most viewership. It had the most everything. It was the most popular game there. By a wide margin, and you can't just fucking flush it down the toilet, man. If you try and stifle, it's, if you it try and like stifle, very it, much fighting games have enough, you know, grassroots blood in them where they'll keep it going. It'll just be under the table, and you won't get any of that, and you won't get any of the exposure. So, do you really want that? Do you really exactly. want that? Look at the exactly. Melee scene. Melee's thrived on just that, you know. Like, uh, um, as a game that's been the same game literally since like November two thousand one. Receiving no oxygen at all from Nintendo. Right, right, right. Nintendo just allows it to exist, pretty much. It's like it's like a fucking deist interpretation of God. Like, he created it, and then he just fucked off. That's it. <laughs> no more support. No, it, it just seems like very much like the company doesn't know what to do with its its own, like, uh, fighting game scene success. And then it just, like, how to make it thrive. And they they, they just seem like, well, it's, it's a video game, so... We'll just I guess make, we'll just another, make another, another one, one and to get more money. But like, the toilet. I mean, to to be fair, they have not announced a new Dragon Ball game proper. There's been like a there's like a mobile game, but I right. mean, they haven't announced a new console of Dragon Ball. I mean, that's also because they're still supporting Dragon Ball Xenoverse Two, um, which is their sort of like just it's it's a loot based action game. It's kind of okay. Yeah, it's yeah, honestly like in the the narrative bit is all about these what if scenarios and stories and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of neat, but I couldn't be i couldn't give more or sorry less of a shit about what i'm actually doing in this game because it's like the same four fucking buttons they, they all do the same thing it's like the critique everybody has of these anime games where like nothing feels different everything feels super sanitized and super saturated and the same and it's so boring but dragon ball fighters has the style and the substance and definitely deserves breathing room so that is all I'll say on that game. Yeah, it, it it's it's definitely like in a year full of like great fighting games, 2018. Like you could definitely see Dragon Ball Fighters. It's fighters, fighters or fighters, fighters. E. Fighters. kind of weird branding because they title. emphasize the Z. Dumb title, but whatever. Just just that year alone, like there was like four like like solid ass to like fantastic fighting games. And like you could, you can like you just did. You can make a case for Dragon Ball. This is fucking licensed game, like licensed fighting game, being the best fighting game of twenty. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I definitely think that's the case because like you know, Soul Calibur, very solid game. Blaze Blue Cross Tag, very solid game. I think uh, actually in that game's case, striving for similar reach as Dragon Ball Fighters in terms of like the simplified combos and whatnot, uh, which ironically enough is also made by Arc System Works. Uh, those guys are on a roll recently. Mm -hmm. I remember those guys could barely squeeze out those Blaze Blue games every couple of years because, like, they didn't make much money. They just had a pretty hardcore fan base. So it's I I love right. that they've reached this kind of newfound success. Uh, I just hope they don't overextend too bit because oh, they're doing a Grand Blue game at the same time. They're 
like, oh, we'll do Guilty Gear one day, and then here's Dragon Ball Fighter. Like, I hope they don't have a Telltale on their hands uh, in terms of just too many licenses, because I know that can get overburdening. Expand exactly, far too quickly exactly, exactly. and, and just I, I, I definitely don't want that oh, to yeah. happen, because I do have a very soft spot for that, that developer in particular. They make fantastic no. games. I even like the Blaze games back in the day. Back when nobody talked about they're it. an Eastern company. I know. It's, like, there's that's probably different yeah. different methodologies, different philosophies. And, yeah, philosophies in, in play that wouldn't become an exact telltale scenario. But I just don't want to be even close, man. Like I don't want to downside. Like you know, I want them to be as successful as they can because they've mm-hmm. proven time and again. You know, they make fantastic fighting games. And that's that on the fighting game front. I think until we talk about a different fighting game that's actually <laughs> a fighting game. You fucking nerd. <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Call, it's a call platform it what you want, fight, uh, you know? We'll talk about it later. All right, Robert, you, uh, you've played a video game this year, haven't you? Or last year? I've I've played 20, at least 20, like 27, played and beat 27 games this year. But I, I just kind of sort of like dwindled it down to like a top 14 mm-hmm. games. Because like, let's be honest, like ten, top 10 lists are like, they're overrated. They're, 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 they're hack. And you always like want to include like honorable mentions in there, but really that's like pick number 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, and, and, and so on. You, you just don't want to rank them because you want to abide by the top 10 standards. But regardless, my number 14 pick is House Flipper. Now, I'll be brief, brief with the picks here, but that game, it, it, it came out at a time when I was living in a dirty-ass place and I needed some sort of catharsis <laughs> over the summer, and it, it it just it just scratched that need. I, I I come back to it like monthly as like a really good like Zen podcast game. Like if you have a backlog and just do that and start cleaning houses and flipping houses and all that. I mean it, it's 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 not that great of a game, but it was just it was just one of those things where it just, it just came out at the right time. And I, I was I was just in the right place for mm. that type of game, and it, it's it's not that deep of a game, but there, there's enough meat to chew on. If you come in like thinking it's like oh yeah, you just go in and, and do a lot of like um, routine, dare I say, repetitive tasks, and you know you you, you just want to see your account balance go up of, of all the like the RAM tasks you do and like the amount of like houses you bought and 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 sold cuz early on you you're really just like going into different people people's houses and cl- cleaning up but moving on number 13 Tacoma um i'm not sure that was definitely a 2017 game but i you know it's it, it, it's just one of those things where it's it's a it's a far out future where you can kind of see where, where, where you can go. It, it, it's it's diverse, yet still equally kind of mm-hmm. like horrific in its own way. Where it's 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 one of those things where, where like like you would think like oh yeah space would be great like it'll be you know like 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 the Tim Curry video from um oh gosh Command and Conquer like Red Alert three where where like he, he's just like I'm going to the one place that capitalism doesn't have its tendrils in. Space, space, space. All right, it's it's good. Like you, you can you can pr- probably like beat it in a night or two, but it, it's 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 not as good as Gone Home for me. And I'm I'm, I'm saying this as, as like someone who was born in 1993 and does not give a lick of shit about 90s nostalgia. No, like uh, as as I was thinking about it, it was like it's like 
I think I still like Gone Home a lot better, but like Tacoma was like a, like a fun little mystery involved. Like it, it didn't have what I liked about Gone Home that much, or like you you have this when you pick up items, you have you have like thoughts going on in the player character's head, but if you have that in Tacoma, it would give away the big like reveal at the end of like who who you really were at the end and such. So like I get that point, but like it was still like a, like a fun little like a mystery to unravel and to explore like the the, the interpersonal um, conflicts and and and, and strifes of these like um, workers in space. So you know I like that one, but I I get I'll get to my other list later. But um, yeah, you got, you might I, you might want to put like Twitter links on a I'm couple just, of these. I, I I am just gonna blow through them, okay. We, go you ahead, still got go time, ahead. okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Go ahead. N- n- if you want to bust out a couple more, so number Robert, twelve was inside. Number twelve was inside for me. Number eleven was genital jousting. The story okay, mode. Yeah, this one definitely needs a, a three minute soliloquy. So onward. Um, I don't know about that, but but giving the pitch of it, I, I it's it's a game that doesn't really need a story mode, but I'm glad it it, it exists because it's oh, how I put this. Think the Stanley Parable of like this like posh British narrator, a narrator going through your player character's life, mm. and you know all, all all the options you choose, and it, it, it still has that like that that dick and balls kind of like look and feel to it, but it, it, it's also just equally ridiculous than what you're doing, but it, it's done as as like stra- straight face as possible because you're you're still like. Like what she's narrating is is total like everyday shit mm-hmm. for, for for some like a twenty something dude, but it's it's still done in that genital jousting look and feel of the world of of, of like like you're you're wandering around like dickhead first through your living room and you're just knocking shit over with your dick. You're 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 in the office and you're trying to like plow through a bunch of. Um, boxes and you and you run into like a, a, a cactus and, and it sticks to you dickhead first but say this is general <laughs> this is genital jousting right it seems like katamari this is, with this is genital jousting in in, in in and the reason why i i said i'm, I'm glad it exists is because it, it, it's definitely a game about like a quote-unquote nice guy you're playing as a nice guy who's, who's trying to find a date for his reunion but he, he's trying to grapple with his own past about his own shittiness is like he's definitely a dude who's trying to trying to have have a girlfriend rather than trying to find love mm. or understand how relationships work. I just need someone to fucking you know. I have this status symbol. God, that that that, that world that world traveling sequence was so fucking good, and, and and just him just continually getting out like just getting thrown out of every bar in town. It was just like and, and this is also a story mode which which. Does not feature one fit like one like the biggest thing about genital jousting like the weirdest like grossest thing about it was like when you have like more than one of those like penile things with the, the you know the dick and balls you play as but if, if you stick their little dickhead in, in in the anus of another one it does a little little pop noise like just just fitting right into there and, and you get stuck in it. Oh, it, it has nothing like it, it just just the amount of restraint this this, this story mode has for that and and, and and trying to tell the story it wants to tell 
was just just like kind of astonishing because like I had no idea what I was trying to say or do like coming into it, but it was definitely one of those things where it was trying to address toxic masculinity in a game about like you playing as a floppy dick. <laughs> definitely more than you expected of a game with a floppy dick. I expect I when I hear something like general jousting, I think of like. Oh, it'll be like it's Mount a dumb your friends or Nidhogg, yeah. you know, something kind of arcadey yeah. and fun, but interesting that it goes for that direction. Like, it, 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 it's it's looking like a like Mount your like what if Mount your friends had had this story about the patriarchy kind of thing? It, it's as ridiculous as that. So moving on, number ten, Costume Quest Two. It's fine. I mean, it, it's it it, it it adds on what I liked about Costume Quest, but. And it also adds on something that makes it far more, um, how do I say, challenging. Because you get to the point in like the first costume quest and you just steamroll everything. And there's like not a thought in your head or it's just like, do I need to pay attention to this? Not really. But just a- adding in like far more like active turn-based combat, I guess you can say. Like rock, paper, scissors um, effects to it. So, so it's like, okay, the, like tech beats, beats monster, monster beats magic. And so on, like add, adding that to the mix on top of the, the the already like okay knocking on their doors and, and fighting monsters and all that. I mean, it, it's exactly what you think it is, but there, there's a lot more. There's far more nuance to it, and and, and it just it just you know it, it being like a good sequel compared to like like I, I, like I bounced to to this game right after playing Hotline Miami two, which is like a it it is a mess. To say like it's a perfectly fine game to play, but just just like trying to take like like it being a sequel to Hotline Miami One is is just it's just too much. Right, it's rough in a weird kind of way. I feel like in some way it's it's like a direct. Con- it's learning all the wrong. But it's lessons. also like a weird direct like in terms of difficulty and 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 how they introduce stuff. Hotline Miami Two feels like it's a direct sequel to one like. I imagine it would be like Hotline Miami Chapter Two, you know, like it's it feels like the second half of a worse game overall. Like Hotline Miami One, I feel like it's very well, it's very good in its self containment, um, and I think Two kind of just eh, more. It's more and like you said, learns the wrong things. Exactly, yeah. Like, it tries to add more I, I, playable I still characters. Play but it on Switch. They yeah. put it out there though. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, that, that that's that's a rant for another day. <laughs> but it, it is it it is a mess. But like number nine, next one up. Near Automata. Now that is a game, my word. It is definitely a game. Where, where, where it's like I, I had this thing where like I, I want to love it, but just playing the game where like I, I want to love like what it's trying to att- attempt to do, but just playing it, it, it just felt like it was like overstaying its welcome sometimes. Where like, like they try to in- introduce this this one like a mechanism at this moment. Or it's just like, oh no! Like, what, what's going to happen? Like, am I going to die? I, I have to drag my corpse, and I, I, I could hardly attack anyone. But then here I am, like, repeatedly dying over and over again because an enemy is attacking me like normal. Yeah. But then, like, I, 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 I am not doing much to help against this. And then there's this final boss fight with, with, with these two characters you're bouncing between at the at the very end that I thought was like cool as hell because you're like bouncing between this one, and then like a minute later you're like, playing against someone else. And that was neat, but it just went on for like 10 minutes longer than it needed to be for me. And it, it, it just yeah, didn't work. Sadly, right for the me. game is like actually playing the game is one of the not best parts of it. Like it just, it's kind of a slog and 
And there's a there's a platinum formula I think they tend to stick to and they deviate from game to game, you know, when where need be, but I think this game, like without its narrative wow factor, is probably one of the most boring platinum games overall. I'm not gonna not gonna lie. I mean, there's some novelty in it. Like I love how you can fuck with the menus and the UI and like how that ties in directly to like this weird exactly, like, yeah. meta currency. I think that's really awesome. But at the end of the day, that just kind of gives you less of the game and like yeah that can be kind of interesting in a lot of different regards but like still playing the game the chipset you can like adjust with different abilities like the combat is super mm-hmm. limiting but the things you can do with it it's just like you can change up different play styles with it is cool very cool but then it's super limiting like the 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 become as gods moment was fucking phenomenal but then playing it you realize like oh right i have to backtrack through this oh, entire yeah, place yeah. and it is it is just just rough. That's definitely a word for like, it. Yeah. It, it feels like it's actively fighting against its own. Like good, <sighs> that game needs to be true. For sure, for sure. For for, for me to Some like kind of it like more. um, I just make it if it's like a sixty hour game with all the playthroughs. Like make it like twenty, like thirty five or forty. You know, like there's there's bits that don't need to be yeah. there. But uh, speaking of a game that kind of overstays its welcome a bit, but I still really love it in spite of that is uh, Octopath Traveler. Ooh, it's, yeah, I don't, I don't. Believe it. It's it's a game that I think really hits all the right notes in terms of visuals, uh, music, and you know, even even sometimes like a disparate storyline. I I find it kind of endearing. Um, Octopath Traveler is from the Bradley Default team, which is like a smaller little subsection of Square Enix that they tend to give them more like uh, leeway. Yeah, I mean, you know, those they they have a style when it comes to pacing in these games, and it's definitely on the lengthier side. They, they're gorgeous games, and especially in Octopath Traveler, how like they went for a sort of Paper Mario esque like sh- uh, shoebox diorama kind of look, where things kind of pop forward into the foreground more than they go into the background, um, which makes me think this would have been perfect on the 3DS actually. But they make they they make it look absolutely gorgeous on the Switch. There's there's every boss, you know, be it like a normal looking dude or some fucking monster. Like they have these gorgeous, gorgeous sprite works for all this stuff. Like they do a really, really good job of, of illustrating. But how does it translate to TV, though? It, it translated really well to the TV. I didn't notice like uh, a frame rate drop or anything like that, because I think that's just, like the style they're working with is, is still ultimately a 2D engine. Um, but like it didn't lose that luster. Like some of the player sprites might have looked a little too big on like a big TV, but like the the sort of giant uh, sort of boss enemies um, definitely still popped on a on a big TV. I mean, you know, people have different uh, ways they want to play play their games and stuff. I, I prefer RPGs as a portable experience for the most part now, and and this Octopath Traveler, Octopath Traveler was no exception in that regard. I played that mostly in handheld mode, just kind of tucked into bed a couple hours a night kind of thing, you know? The game's great at that, at sort of having these chunks. Uh, one of the complaints I've had with the, the gameplay is that a lot of the caves and a lot of the exploration is a little samey. You know, there's nothing that's too wild. I th- I think it works for this game um, and what it's trying to accomplish in terms of, like, building your team and building a sort of, like, dynamic it feels kind of Pokemon-y in some ways, especially with the character that can recruit monsters. Um, definitely Pokemon-y in that regard. But um, I don't know. I think the game does a fantastic job of juggling all these different classes and systems. Like, there are a lot of systems when you get down to it, but they introduce them slowly over the course of the game. You know, like, there's there's a typical sort of rock, paper, scissors, uh, elemental thing that's, like, in Pokemon. A little bit Persona as well. But there's also things like equipment and armor and, like, speed... Uh, 
dictating when you go first or second or third in the in the battle. Um, I think it it introduces that stuff in a way that's not too convoluted. I think like if this is your first kind of foray into JRPGs, it's definitely an homage to the '90s stuff, like a lot of Chrono Trigger, Dragon Quest, and Final Fantasy VI. But it's it's presented in a way I think a lot of people could play now, and I think it's it is a fantastic game. Even the narrative, which I think people uh, lambasted the most, like someone explained it to me on uh, Grind Forever, uh, Ian Prichel at uh, OKBC. He's like, well, it, it to me it reads more like a Dungeons and Dragons kind of storyline, where you have these uh, spread out, disparate stories that will, you know, uh, hypothetically eventually cross paths at some point and and lead to a bigger narrative. And ever since I like heard that argument, I'm like, you know what? That actually does kind of make a lot of sense. Like that doesn't. That doesn't make it any better objectively, but like that in my head is just like, well, yeah, these th- these are like individual stories that do lead to something bigger. And I'm at the point in the story now where it is definitely getting bigger and more connected. So I don't know. It, it's I I would recommend it to pretty much anybody, even casually interested in JRPGs. Like, yeah, there are random encounters, and you will have to deal with that. I know that's a uh, that's a controversial thing nowadays is random encounters, but I it didn't bother me all that much. I mean, if I were to venture into JRPGs, like I said before, like I would pick Octopath Traveler because it seems like a fun Switch game. If I were to have a Switch, if I were to make the time for like a JRPG, it does kind of demand a lot of time. But I mean, it's bite sizable. I don't know if that's the right term, but it's compartmentalized in a way where you don't have to play like for hours and hours and hours to get like too much leeway out of it. You can do a little bit at a time, you know, explore an area. You you could say the same about Stardew Valley, but here we are. It's just like, well, another, another That's day. another day, yeah. Another What's day. another match? Another What's another scenario here? But um, to kind of overlap overlap my personal list minutes. with yeah. because we have talked about Dragon Ball Fighters, which are both on his list, but we also have an overlap in Monster Hunter World. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I came out the same the same Ugh. day, the same the day as Dragon Ball Fighters. Yeah. So a uh, bit of a banger day for me in video games, for sure. I've I've tried other Monster Hunters in the past. I even got like 20 hours into Monster Hunter 4 on uh, 3DS, and it didn't quite click with me, um, which just goes to show that I still appreciate the game at some level. Otherwise, I wouldn't have bothered for 20 fucking hours. But um, I don't know. Monster Hunter World does a fantastic job of sort of just streamlining and fixing and making things just easier on the player. So many quality of life enhancements to this game compared to other Monster Hunters. In in the past games, even like the, the most recent ones, you have like a limited number of whetstones and whetstones are what sharpen your weapons. Um, you know, it, it, they will automatically combine items that you want. Or if you're looking for high potions, then if you get the ingredients, they'll automatically turn them into high potions. You don't think that's that big of a deal, but it saves you some time in like fucking combining items in your menus. Like it, it, it's a lot of little things like that. And it's the first time this sort of Monster Hunter formula has really clicked for me. And this formula isn't unique to Monster Hunter. It's in a lot of other games, but this kind of tangible progression of like, I, I have bad armor, I have bad stats, and I'm fighting this monster that... You know, my odds are very low at success in this. But, like, the more you do it, the more you fight them, the more you sort of get this, their patterns down and, you know, feel this sort of progression as you're, you're getting better. Like, you are actively getting better at the game the more you play it. You are learning, like, which kind of weapon you're most proficient at. You know, there's no tier list for that stuff. Most of them are pretty well balanced. You're learning, you know, how your group dynamics will work with your, your, lobby, your lobby and your party. Um, like Monster Hunter World just does a, a really, really good job of, of sort of westernizing and, and making a things that make a little more a clear cut sense, uh, compared to previous Monster Hunters. 
So, and, and the only complaint is that there's not as much to do. Um, you know, there's not as many monsters as previous games, but it's because they, like, all the monsters they have, they kind of built from the ground up. And there's, there's a lot of new monsters. There's a lot of, like, revamped old monsters. There's, there's, there's a lot going into this one. And they've done a great job with post-game uh, support. Mm. Most of every piece of DLC for that game they've had is free. Um, like, different monsters, different collaborations with different IPs. They've done Final Fantasy. They've done other Capcom games. They've done... They're going to... They're going to do Witcher, right? Which that's great. I hope. I hope that. I just hope they have a giant griffin. Honestly, that would be fun to fight. Yes, Creed. It probably wouldn't be that like high rank or like crazy rank of a hmm. of a monster, but that's not that's not what's important. And th- there is uh, later this year they are going to have like a, a full fledged expansion, which I think is more in line with their ultimate versions in previous Monster Hunters. So I'll be continuing to play this game in 2019, and maybe you'll see it on my 2019 game of the year list. Like it's. It is that compelling, and I'm willing to go back and start, not quite from scratch, but with a new rank in mind, because I've kind of maxed out what I can do in Monster Hunter World. You do that, I, I'm not going to complain, like, oh, I, ma- I got everything I wanted out of Monster Hunter in only 90 hours? That's crazy. Um, but compared to other Monster Hunters where it's like hundreds of hours, you know? Like, it's it's a bit selfish of me to be like, oh, this is all I got out of it. Um, but they know that there's a bit of an expectation for replayability in Monster Hunter, so they they're taking their time with this DLC, you know, uh, almost two years. You know, it'll be late this year when the DLC comes out for Monster Hunter World. So I know they're taking their time, and that's pretty awesome that they're mm-hmm. going to take their time. You know, there's, it's, it's going to be a big, proper, meaty expansion, um, from what I understand, in the guise of those old, uh, or like Street Fighter 4 era Street Fighter games, where you can just buy it for 20, 25, 30 bucks or whatever. But I know they're going to make it worth their while. You know, it, it's I can't wait to see where Monster Hunter goes from here, that's for sure. But just to knock another one from my and TL's list, uh, we'll talk about a little bit about Dead Cells. This game feels like a fantastic rendition, uh, not quite of a Metroidvania, because those games tend to have these pre-constructed, very well-hidden worlds. It is still a roguelike, but it's the roguelike that I think captures those old styles of games, I think, better than most. Um, and a lot of that sort of DNA... It's far more Rogue's Legacy, right? It or, is Rogue like- Legacy in that there are things you'll get like from run to run, and it is all one of those run-based games. But Rogue Legacy controls so fucking slow and floaty compared to this game. I thought it was already slow and floaty when I played Rogue Legacy at first. Like, oh man, this sword mm. looks fucking white as shit. I'm not, like, I'm not really digging any of this, but when I started playing Dead Cells, it's just like, oh my god, this game controls so fucking well. Uh, this game has such a frenetic speed and agility and, you know, like just traversing the world and fighting normal bad guys is not that difficult. It's a lot of getting timings down for stuff and you, know, you get weapons that are like, oh, freeze the guy or like here's a spike trap so they're going to take damage over time while you can hit him from the back or something like there's it's so for a game that is a procedurally generated roguelike. It's so well-crafted and so just fine-tuned to be, like, a fantastic-ass video game. One of my favorite sort of, uh, I wouldn't call it a Metroidvania. I'd probably call it, it, it's more along the lines of Castlevania in terms of just, like, where you're going from from area to area. But uh, it's it's one of my favorite one of these kinds of games in a long time. And I generally like a lot of these roguelike games. I, I find the, the nice spots in a lot of them. You know, I've, I've liked these Binding of Isaacs and Spelunkies. Your, you know, rogue legacies, your neuro voiders. I, I like a lot of them, but this this one's definitely the, the king of the pack. It definitely gets talked about a lot, and I think it's it totally deserves it. It is a fucking phenomenal game, top to bottom. I have like 
I have no complaints. Other than that, like, it's trying to be funny in some spots where it just falls flat. It's like, oh, we're trying to be dark comedy. And it's like, eh, whatever. Press A and fucking press on, you know? Like, it's, it's, it is a great, great game. I recommend it to anybody playing video games at this point because it is, it is tough. You know, it's not going to be for everybody, but even if you suck at it, I feel like you're going to get some fun and interesting enjoyment out of it. You're going to suck at first and you'll get more of these weapons, more how the flow. It's like, it's, it's, I don't, I, I have nothing but great things to say about Dead Cells. Yeah, it, it's, it's been a, another solid ass year of video games to play for anything you would like. Yeah. There's every a little genre. bit of everything for everybody, you know, like, and even if you're just like, oh, I only had a, like my first thing I got in years is a switch. Well, everything, a lot of games that were awesome in years past came to switch. You know, there's hollow Knight and inside and limbo and uh, just a whole bunch of older games into the breach. Stardew which, Valley too. Oh yeah. yeah Stardew Valley, like the undertale. Like there's just a lot of fantastic games that came to switch this year. Hyrule Warriors. I'll be the only one probably hi- hyping eh. that up. That game's great. Crypt of the Necrodancer, another roguelike that I quite enjoyed. Um, uh, and yeah, just to round out my list, I know this is on TLS as well. My number one game of the year. Um, surprising, literally nobody's ever talked to me for more than five minutes is uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. It's another one of those games like, where do I fucking start, man? Uh, it's it's a glorious celebration of not just Nintendo, but now I'd say overall video games that a lot of other you know games aren't really quite able to achieve. A lot of ga- a lot of this is highlighted through the spirits mode, where where you fight different you fight the cast of characters, which is you know seventy plus, but uh, the character will have different attributes and different you know different parameters. Like oh they'll be able to jump higher, they're going to be heavier, or they're going to have like increased damage or whatever, um, and it's represented by a character. By, like, you know, the spirit of whatever character, like, let's say, Paz from Metal Gear Solid at Ground Zeroes. Um, she, and this is, I'd say, a, some kind of weird brand dark humor. You know, like, the, her character, like, whatever she's playing, I think it's Zero Suit, will start with a bomb uh, equipped. And it's just like, man, Nintendo, that's uh, it's weird. It's a bit much. It's a bit much, but I mean, it, it's. It's uh, kind of, it's, it reminds me, I think Brian Altano said this in like a Nintendo voice chat or, or uh, one of those kinds of shows, but it, it, when you were a kid and were too poor for real toys, you just pretend that they were other toys, like my fucking budget ass, like regular, like Happy Meal <laughs> toys, I'm like this is actually Super Saiyan Goku. Well, it's kind of like that, it, where the, they're not the characters per se, but they do just enough to kind of be like a cool little reference. Like in, 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 the, in one of the events where you're uh, fighting Breath of the Wild Zelda. Well, she's regular Zelda, and then you have all the champions from Breath of the Wild who are characters in Smash Brothers. So, like, Rivali is Falco, Mifa is Zero Suit, you know, Daruk is, like, a different colored Donkey Kong. Like, it, it's just enough where it's like, oh, that's a really cool reference, actually. Like, I know you couldn't actually get these characters in, but that is actually really cool how you're referencing it. And it gets so or obscure. So just- a good example of, of like, a spirit mm-hmm. is Big the Cat from Sonic. But it's really just like a palette swap of Incineroar. Yeah, it's just a purple Incineroar. And it probably just uses like, it probably spawns with like a fishing rod item or something, you know? Like it it takes not just the characters, but the items and the assist trophies and all this stuff. Just it does a fantastic job of just being this huge celebration. On top of the fact. Exactly. And another another example of the Spirit's Mortal is is like, uh, let's see. Peach Rabbit from uh, Mario and Rabbids, like Battle Kingdom of some sort. 
like the peach rabbit, rabbit spirit is just literally just like peach with bunny ears. Right. And, and, and it, she has it, a blaster as lazy as that. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. Same with the Mario one. Like it, it, it's it's really cute to see them kind of just be like it, it's like creative in a way. Like I'm, I'm exactly, sure if yeah. you gave me enough time, I can make more spirits like combinations. Like I bet you could do custom spirits if you really tried hard enough. But like it's it's really cool how they tied all this stuff in. And I think it's and on a just a pure gameplay level, Ultimate is a great refinement of what was great before in Super Smash Brothers for 3DS and Wii U. I think that was a great game. I think it just didn't have the longevity people wanted it to. But this game is poised to have that longevity and more. Um, and we we're, we're already seeing, you know, they're swinging out of the gate with like, oh, here's Piranha Plant and Joker from Persona 5, which, holy fucking shit, when I heard, when I was, I was listening to the Game Awards through YouTube at work, like, I wasn't watching, I was just listening, and I heard Persona 5 music, but this is right after a Nintendo thing, and I'm like, oh, what, is it gonna be, like, Switch version? I gotta see this, and I'm like, and then he turns over the fucking envelope, and it's Smash Brothers, and I, my, my, I'm carrying, like, big bags of trash, my knees almost fucking buckle, like, I'm just, oh, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, it's, mm, man, I've been, that is, it's just insane. It's like, just when you think you figured out Smash Brothers and like, oh, like, oh, here's the formula. Like, we're never, like, you, it, predictable Nintendo. Like, it, they just pull a fucking fast one on you like that. It is, God, that had me floored so much. Just like, oh, one of my favorite RPG series of the last 10 years. And here's the star of the most recent and probably most popular one. Fuck it. Here you go. And also voiced by the guy who's also the announcer for the game, which I think is kind of funny. Hmm. I hope he just says, I hope he says, me! It's been Joker announcing the whole time. But yeah, like, it, it's... Oh, but God, the rosters are so fucking big. Like, there's too many fucking... Ca- like, to the point where I'm just like, okay, where does this go from here? Like, the next Smash Brothers has to be some kind of, like, trimmed down reboot of some sorts, because... You can't just keep doing this every time. This is too fucking crazy. Like, there's goddamn 70 characters right now, and you have a season pass of six? Like, it's it's too much. There's too many characters. And you, you gotta start thinking about the next Mario Kart as well. At that point... Because you, you thought, the, like, Link and Isabel being in it... They're probably gonna weird. add more Nintendo characters overall. But, exactly, yeah. You know. um, but yeah, I'm, my, my, uh, we, we haven't podcasted in so long that my voice is actually starting to get a little hoarse. So I'm going to finish off my go, yeah. my list a little bit. Um, I had some honorable mentions that didn't quite crack my top 10. Mega Man 11, very pleasant platformer. I think it's a solid Mega Man game. If you're not a fan of Mega Man games, though, it's not really going to turn you into a fan. It's just I think it has a good enough veneer and a good enough uh, art style to really stick it. Like I, A lot of games try to be Mega Man, and I think this one is just as good, if not better, than a lot of them especially your mighty number nines of the world hearthstone had a banger year you know i i'm i'm not gonna dive deep into it but it's a good year for hearthstone overall you know it's been a transition year and in a year where people are starting to turn on activision blizzard i think hearthstone has stayed the course best out of all their games considering that your warcraft and starcrafts are feeling a little down the dumps and then you know overwatch is kind of up in the air as of right now and then you know the uh, of the storm was kind of canceled almost so it's it's been an iffy year for Blizzard overall, but I think Hearthstone has done the best for them. They're doing a Diablo mobile game that people weren't into. I don't give a shit, but whatever. Um, like, yeah, it's it's just kind of iffy for Blizzard right now. If you kind of thought of them as in there as in a bit of a golden era or like a a, a highest of highs a few years ago, just with Overwatch launching and stuff. But eh, I don't know. Like Overwatch for me kind of fell off this year. I, I don't have I don't want to have anti awards or anything, but. 
they just don't have the like the characters are good that they're adding. I like you know Wrecking Ball and I like Ash and Doomfist and whoever else they've added. You know whatever. Like they they're adding good characters, but you need more than that to keep me interested. You need better maps. You need more right. objectives. You need more modes. More variety in the seasons because it's just like. Well, we have these, like, four seasonal events that we're just going to do every time and nothing's going to change. Here's your fucking May Snowball fight for the third year in a row. Like, uh, I'm kind of just bored, Ed. You you play it for, for like, a weekend each season and then and you're then done. done. There's nothing continuous and, it. and when my friends fall off of it, too, and I don't have anybody else to play with but randos, I'm not going to play it even more. So, I know I mentioned Hyrule Warriors. Uh, that came up for the Switch. Defended Edition's right. You know, it's a very smooth, very great-looking game with all the content that was on the 3DS version that looked like ass because it was on a fucking 3DS. But, uh, I don't know. That game's a guilty pleasure of mine. It's it's really fun. Uh, Shout-out to Fortnite. This is definitely a year of Fortnite. Is the like you know with the Switch version, I think it opened it up sure a is. lot of people to what Fortnite really is. Um, and not to say that the Switch, quote-unquote, made it popular. It was definitely popular beforehand. Um, but Fortnite... Fortnite in this short amount of time in 2018, you know, like at the end of the year, Epic launched their own fucking store and are throwing around big dick uh, like percentages and stuff that that developers are able to take from them because fuck it. We have fuck you money. We can do we can kind of just be as quote unquote generous as we want because it's not really going to affect our bottom line. It's so nice that Steam's actually going to have competition and a reason to try because for the last 10 years, Steam hasn't had to try anything. They've just been unabated, like, yeah, there's been your good old games, gogs, and humbles and stuff, but they've never been chasing the top. I think this will make Steam have to try harder, and that's a very good thing, to make them have to fucking give a shit. Have to fucking try. I'm gonna stop. I gotta drink a fucking water. Uh, I'm about to die here. Robert, <laughs> you need to round out your list. Round out? Oh my god. Like, I, I think we need to do, like, I think I need to just sit down with TL and talk with his That's, list because, like, I, I need to finish mine. Because guess what number I'm you're at? Like right you're like nine now. or oh, my, eight my or something, 14. man. I'm at eight, motherfucker. Like, you gotta get the Twitter version. <laughs> oh no, no. Like I, I'll probably save it for the next time. But um, we're speaking of the Epic Store, and I was just looking at the store right now because it, it gives like two free games each month, and like the the second January free game is my number eight pick. What remains of Edith Finch? You're exploring a household, but there's all these like fantastical like elements to it. Like you have the stories of each family member mm-hmm. being told to you by Edith Finch through her journal and all that. It's just it's 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 so fantastical and, and whimsical for for such a dour and depressing um, source material. I guess you can say because everyone fucking dies in this game. <laughs> But but like you, you you just don't feel like like oh my god this this is this is horrifying like that, that's that's a terrible way to go here like I I've never like experienced like an, an infant drowning scene be so delightful and, and and a joy to experience as this I know what's gonna happen you know what's gonna happen like every player every player character you play is like eventually they meet their demise somehow. But the way the way that happens is it is it, just so interesting that way it plays out. Because sometimes you like you would let the, the the player character's like imagination go go wild, and you play as like different these different animals, or that would be this like vintage like pop art comic book that you're playing through. It's kind of like a, like a horror ish game, but it's it's like just. Uh, 
it will leave you like it, it left me in tears by the end of it. And I, I just uh, it reminded me what I liked about Gone Home and what what it did for for like video games in general. It's one of those games like I I, I want to show to other people and, and have them experience because it, it's definitely one of those games where like you can't translate this to a another medium, right? Like like you you being you being you experiencing this moment. Has to ha- has to happen through through like a video game, like knowing that all the all these like events, and it it, it, it just like j- just when you think like like okay, I know what's gonna happen next, like yeah, of, of course is like this person's gonna die, but like the the way you you interact with the world that you that you're in in, in these like certain like vignettes, or are, 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 are just so neat, and this is done by the same studio of um, who did uh, the Unfinished Swan. Which they they also like connect that universe to right. this game, which I don't know. It's a bit of a spoiler, but it was just like it was like a neat thing. Once you look it up, and it's like, huh, that's neat. So that's so this kid is the king. Okay, that's neat. But it's 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 definitely worth a play for an night. It's it's not that long at all. But I I think I'm gonna remain. I think I'm just gonna retain my like last seven games. My my top for a seven. part two of sorts. Probably. For part two, yeah, for like another podcast, because I I've got some th- some things to say about the totally next fair. Seven. I mean, yeah, as you get up the list, obviously you're going to talk more passionately about them for sure. Oh yeah. Uh, again, I am shaking the podcast rust off uh, for sure. But yeah, that's going to kind of do it for this week on PNB. Kind of getting uh, back into the group of things. I think we did a great job. I love podcasting with you guys, and uh, tonight was definitely an example of why. Definitely the boy. The beginning of the show sure kind of was a train wreck, but. Uh, it's a beautiful. It's like a. <laughs> it's a beautiful train wreck, though. That, That's it's every a beautiful. Episode. It's oh like a, an artisanal train wreck. You know, like you can't help but look at it. It's um, the beautiful tapestry of this fucking dumb shit. Just to kind of put a little peek behind the curtain, we haven't really talked about our plans for like revamping or putting back up the Patreon and stuff. I think by the time you hear this, that'll be more ironed out. You definitely want to keep your eyes peeled on patreoncom PNB or PNBcast.com to, to get updates on that. We'll make sure to keep you guys in the loop on that. We don't even know when this is going up. It might just be uh, like honestly, yeah, I, this could be going up in fucking February. Which, which like, know. I'm totally cool with. You know, you know, like the Oscars right, have exactly. their thing in, in like mid February. You know, and that's that's nothing, like honoring the previous year. Nothing here has been too been too dated. So you know, we'll see what happens. But um, if you want to hit us up on Twitter, you can follow me at Tierney. You can hit up Robert at Twenty Three Breach, Kayla at Kayla Zoombomb, TL at Travis L Foster. Um, any updates and stuff of that nature also on PNB cast on Twitter. And yeah, that's going to do it here for us on at PNB. So for TL, Robert, Kayla, and myself, hope you fuck uh, good. Hope you fuck good indeed. <laughs>